Welcome to the Eye of Terror. I'm your host, George. And I'm Alec. And we'd like to play 40K. But we can't. We can't. We're social distancing just like everyone else out there. Quarantined. Yeah, that's right. I'm quarantined Santa Monica. Where are you quarantined? I'm quarantined in Westchester. Which is uh, a suburb of, uh, of LA, right? Yes, right near the airport. So needless to say, this episode won't contain a battle report because we are unable to, to get to a tabletop and, and uh, play together. We have been spending a lot of time doing other hobby-related things to keep our sanity during this interesting time, this, this age of Nurgle. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, Papa Nurgle cannot be happier, right? Yeah, I, Everyone's I, just, I know. I mean, with the way the whole thing's been handled, it just... It, been a great time no? yeah yeah well up. the administratum has not done a good job of handling the yeah. crisis <laughs> across the imperium of man when when, when nurgle saw when nurgle saw that video of that of frat kid being like you know if i get corona uh i get corona you know it's just it's not gonna stop me from having a good time right he was just he was delighted the inquisition should have immediately shut down that planet <laughs> first of all terminatus would have been good just for that plan. Exterminatus, Exterminatus, right. At the very it's least, a, you know, it's a wash. curfews and, uh, and social distancing right right then. But no, they didn't yeah. do that. Lost yeah. cause. Demons of Nurgle have overrun. They just it's closed over. a planet to the other Nurgle planet and then didn't do anything to do no. bioengineering testing during that time. You opened up the warp. You didn't call in the Grey Knights. You didn't right. call in the Inquisition. And now we're here. Yeah, and now we're here. Now we're dealing with it. Right. Oh, well. All right. So as always, uh, we start the show with some hobby progress. And boy, there's been a lot of it. <laughs> you, we, yeah, you haven't had much else to do. Not much else to do. All right. So got a lot of stuff. Been getting a lot of stuff done. This is what, this is we recorded this, probably like day 30, 32 of the quarantine, you know? Yep. So uh, a lot of things that I was finishing up, I've been able to finish since our last show, which was, if you can believe it, way back in January. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. Thanks uh, for hanging in there, audience. Uh, so finished the, all the uh, figures, all the models in the Sisters of a Battle Army box. I was happy about that. I've talked, we've talked extensively about that, but just whatever final things there were, do have all been done. So that's very happy with the way that turned out. Love to get them on the field again, just so... You know, because I do want to uh, have the sisters fight the Gene Steelers. I think that'd be a great matchup. So in, in uh, the sixth that we get to have that fight. Yeah, well, eventually next year when the quarantine's <laughs> over. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been working on the Gene Steelers so far. Um, I have finished the Gene Steeler Patriarch, and he turned out great. I'm giving him kind yeah, of a purple great. skin kind of a motif and I think that's what I'm going to do for um most of the um most of the models that are closer to the later generations of gene sealers you know more purple more purple the, the purple more, is the color of royalty after all well these are these are royal royal gene They're sealers. Very royal. that's right and so I'm working on those I, I just finished uh the Adeline Jackals the motorcycle gang of the gene sealer yeah. cult uh along with the uh the little guy on the sort of the quad runner. And uh, he looks like he's, uh, he's riding one of the moon buggies from Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Yes. Yeah. Best sequence in that movie. Best sequence in that movie. Best sequence in that whole movie. Like I could just watch that sequence and I'd be fine. I don't have to watch it on repeat. Someone should upload that to YouTube. I don't think, I think it's too soon to release, but yeah. 
I know. That movie was disappointing except for that sequence. I know you I, liked it. I I, you liked it, right? I Well, I didn't like the voiceover. I thought you could have done without like Brad Pitt talking about, oh, my, my relationship to my father. Oh, oh, it was so sad. Oh, right. he was such a distant. Oh, he went up there in space. And now I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. It just, it's, it was just, it was, it was too much. It was too much. I felt like you, he was acting. He was clearly acting for the camera. He was doing a good job. I thought he was doing like a good performance. So I don't know why. I just don't understand. It was like, it was like, watching the first cut of Blade Runner where it's at, where it's the unnecessary Harrison Ford voiceover. The studio made like a, a voiceover. I, yeah. He, yeah. Well, I guarantee you this Gene Cedar cult guy is not going to have a voiceover. No, no, no ruminations <laughs> except, about it. Except his, for the voice of the great worm that. resonating in his head, telling him to kill the unbelievers. Kill or convert. Kill That's all he's thinking about. Good man. Yeah. Good man. Uh, and then finally I'm working on the killer morph. God, he's such yeah. a good character. He's such a on the table. He's just completely deadly. He's 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 amazing on the Great. table. Oh, he's so good. He just it's just it's such a fantastic. It's one of those few rare lineups where the model uh, is as good as the rules. He's not like he's not a game breaking character. He's just this nice little infantry character assassinator. Uh, yeah, because you plop him down and he gets off so many shots uh, and then shots that, that hit also result in more shots that uh, yeah. he's great at killing characters because uh, it's just way to fire in, in one guy. He's like the whole Astro Militarum in one guy. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's, an entire, he's an entire with squad guns, with uh, firing guns. off Laz gun. He's a very dynamic character. He's got a flowing cape. You know, he looks like a Western here. He looks like a Clint Eastwood character with a poncho. You know, yes, a three armed Clint Eastwood with a poncho, uh, the ugly, the ugly and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, he's good in that his stats are good. No, yeah, that is true. The, the good, the yeah. ugly and the ugly. And the ugly. So that's what I'm working on there. Uh, my next Gene Seater project will be to build the Achilles Ridge Runner, which is their kind of like big dune buggy type thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The little car. Yeah. And then I'm uh, going to start working on the troops. I've got a ton of troops that I still have to work on and stuff. But uh, the motif I've gone with these guys is um, I wanted to do a bright army. Most of my armies yeah. are, are pretty based on red, red and black. My Iron Hands, my Blood Angels, and now the Sisters of Battle are all red and black. Uh, and I wanted something that was a little bright. So I gave all the Gene Seeder cult members um, these bright blue uniforms with these orange shoulder pads. So they definitely pop on the table. Yeah, no, they look they look nice. Uh, it's a very it's a fresh breath of air. Uh, standing yes. next to the more dour iron warriors and the these guys are happy. The, the bright red. They're religious. Yeah, they're, they, do. they they like what they do. You know, yeah. they're devoted. They uh, they come into work every day with a smile. <laughs> right, and a mission. They and have mission. no doubts about what they want to accomplish that day. Right. They have brotherhood and they have purpose. <laughs> Correct. And a snazzy uniform to go with it. See, they were part of like this industrial complex that, yeah. uh, you know, outfitted these guys in, you know, bright colors because they were working in the mines or whatever. Um, and they see each other yeah. you know, in the dark, so, the horrible conditions. Whether it's a result of just good attitudes or, you know, that's the corporate uniform they got. This is what they're working with. 
So I'm I'm pretty happy with the color scheme. I thought it was going to be too bright at first, but mm-hmm. no, it, it worked. It's a good contrast to everything else I have out in the 40K universe, which is all dark and dour. The only exception being um, the Tau, which is a, a, a my BB-8 uh, paint scheme. So I've also just finished a Tau broadside in the BB-8 color scheme, which is uh, white yeah. armor with orange highlights, and that turned out pretty well. I can't wait to see the new um, rules in this new Psychic Awakening book, which I have not gotten yet, because it is... My friendly local game store is not an essential uh, business, as it turns out. What? 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 I, I don't believe it is. is. A, call, call, your, call your local representative. This is, this is an outrage. I know. Maybe, maybe, you know what? I haven't even tried, though. So it's possible that, you know, Next Gen Games is actually open and selling stuff. Um, I thought I saw that they might be. I just don't know whether that's, in fact, true, because I've been okay. trying to honor the stay-at-home mandate. How else will, will the populace, the, the wargaming populace, be able to keep their sanity? Without their friendly local game store. By uh, reading the fluff and modeling and oh. doing hobby stuff. That's how. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then watch uh, Look, there's tons of YouTube battle reports out there. Been watching a lot of those. Oh, you could just you just go through the archive. Oh yeah, yeah. All, all that wonderful, wonderful content that you have not consumed yet. You know, and and in the old days, like two years ago, the only thing you could watch was like Striking Scorpion, and then a bunch of really subpar produced battle reports it was striking scorpion and there was one other there was another well there, there was, was another mini, mini war gaming has always done a great job so it was but the, yeah. the striking scorpion made it cinematic you know with well yes yeah, so that was a different like mini war gaming was much more about the personalities playing there was a lot of banter right, right. uh between the two players uh there's like a whole team of them right uh and scorpion was much more like these highly produced very cinematic they would show off these fully painted, wonderful-looking armies. Yeah, and I, yeah, and we both aired towards Scorpion. Yeah, uh, and it actually had a huge impact on I think the way that that we play the game because we rarely play the game with uh, gray plastic or with you know no. not completed armies. It just we like to see a table that's very cinematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, it just it just fill it helps with the feel of the thing. I mean, it's not an issue of uh, rules or anything. It just it just you feel better. Looking at like moving around these models, uh, doing a shooting turn, you just feel better when it's all fully painted. It just gets you more in the mindset. Right, exactly. So, been watching more of those, uh, especially as I've been hobbying and painting. I've been trying to listen to audiobooks, but I just, I don't know, just not into but, audiobooks right now. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I've been having the same issue. It just, it's like, I should be. Me too. I, I Everybody have should a be. Great opportunity. Right. We have time now, right? Yeah, but it, I don't know. It's just like, I just keep defaulting back to podcasts. Same. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I don't know. There's, it's, it, there's this weird effect where it's like, it doesn't feel like the day is like beginning or ending. There's no like marcation point for anything that goes on in our lives now. It's it just like this weird, formless mass of time. Uh, that we're just spending in one place. Right. And I feel like I, I almost, I feel like I don't, it's almost, it's, it's, it's almost like I, I feel like I don't have time, even if I completely do. Right. I don't, I don't understand it at all. It's logical. We're all feeling the same thing. It's exactly that if we've lost track of time, I, I, you know, um, I know it's Tuesday because I looked it up today. Otherwise I'd have <laughs> no concept of weekday yeah. or weekends or even time itself. 
we're all Tom Hanks uh, in Castaway. We're all just going crazy on our own individual islands talking to a volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I'm, I'm with you on the podcasting. Um, you know what? I, I think that we are living through such a weird reality that we don't want, we don't want something that is another reality necessarily to read about like a novelized reality. We'd rather listen to like information. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm like, then again, I am watching a lot of Netflix. So I did watch Tiger King and a bunch of other stuff. So Tiger King, I've not seen Tiger King. Everyone's been talking oh, about you Tiger, King. See Tiger King. I haven't seen it. Oh, you got to see it. It's crazy. It's, it's insane. Just, it's crazy. You think it's one thing. And then it turned into something else and then it doubles down on that. And then, it, and then some new character enters and you're like, what? So you have to, if you're going to stay culturally relevant, you have to watch. Yeah. That's, thing. that's the big concern. Yeah. I need to say culturally relevant. It looks weird. It looks bizarre. It's more bizarre than you think. It's more bizarre than I think. Okay. Yeah. I'll it, have to it, check it it's out. It's quite enjoyable. I, I, I really like it. I've been watching that. Right. I finished that. I finished Ozark. And I got into Shit's Creek, which I didn't want to watch at first. Yeah. Cause, yeah. And, frankly, because the name seemed vulgar. <laughs> that was my reason. And, and we, are, we are better men than that. Yeah. We would not we would, debase we ourselves with such, with such low Obvious vulgarity. <laughs> right. We are refined in our taste. It turned out it's really, really funny. Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are fantastic. And it's written by Eugene Levy and his son, who also stars in the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's it's it's really funny and fantastic. So I, I'm kind of addicted to that right now. Yeah, I've seen the posters. I haven't watched the. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely worth it. I mean, if you enjoy class humor like I do, <laughs> if, you, if you enjoy <laughs> class humor, making fun of both the elites and the the boobs out there, the the country bumpkins, then you'll enjoy this. It pokes, it pokes uh, right, fun at everybody. To, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's, 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 it's really good. The first episode is only a setup and it's not that great, yeah. but subsequent episodes, literally laughing out loud, laughing out loud at the, the psych gags and, and the situations that they get in. So definitely worth watching if you want something lighter. All right, let's, okay. let's head off into some news and rumors here uh, in the GW world. As you all probably know, Games Workshop is actually closed. They're not taking any physical orders for anything. They're not, they're Again, not another, taking your money. Another you have travesty. money to spend. Well, probably you don't have money to spend because you're out of a job in all likelihood. Right. But assuming you had money to spend, they're not yes. taking any physical orders. They are selling digital are. goods. Oh, okay. All right. So what, what in specific, so just like, like digital uh, codices and whatnot? Digital codices, all of Black Library. All of that, yeah, 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 you know, and I'm sure they're getting a percentage of a lot of Warhammer type games out there. So if you want to play, you know, a Warhammer type game like Mechanicus or something, I'm sure they're going to get a few pennies off of that. But all your they, all the ebooks, all the video games. Yes. Uh, I don't think they could guarantee stuff. the safety of their workers in their physical distribution uh, plants. Plus, I'm sure getting new supplies of product from China was probably difficult. So they made, the, I think, a difficult decision to close during this time. But probably the the best one for getting rid of the getting rid of the infection and the rat and the virus. So if you go to their web shop, it it just says, "Hey, buy something digital, take time to hobby, and just relax. We'll be back at some point." Uh, All right. So in the meantime, uh, look, if you're like us, you probably have a ton of unpainted and unassembled models lying around the house. Yeah, I watched a video. I watched a YouTube video of one guy 
who decided to pull everything out that he hadn't painted and or built. And yeah. by the time he finished, he had close to 600 models that he had. <laughs> he, had uh, the, he had whole, he had whole like game boxes of stuff, Black Fortress, <laughs> Dark Imperium. On this episode of Hoarders. Well, yeah, it's like something new comes out. And you're like, ooh, I want that. And then you figure out how that's going to work into your army or how are you going to create a new army that's themed based on this thing, right? You got to have it. It's a shiny new thing that came out that month. Thanks to GW. So you're like, oh, I'm going to buy it. I'll, I'll get to it. And then, of course, two weeks later, something else comes out, and then you're buying that. Well, this guy had like 600. So what he does is that he, uh, he counts it all up, and then he uh, blindfolds his girlfriend, and then he has her come into the room, and then he removes the blindfold, and she sees a giant plastic stack, all this oh, gray plastic. And the first words out of her mouth was like this obscenity, and it was funny. <laughs> funny reaction, and then a, a negotiation started between <laughs> Him and her about <laughs> any further GW purchases, any 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 more gaming, and he kept saying, uh, "But I'm addicted. I'm addicted," which is true. I have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't help myself. Uh, but I I don't want to go down that path. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I have. Tons of stuff. Like I've, I'm saying right now, it's some Primaris Marines that I have. Um, you know the guys with the plasma guns. I want to call them the hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, the Helmson. hell. Are they Hellstorm prim, prim, Primaris Marines? Hellstorm or Hellblazer or Hell something. Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's they're hell. doing something with hell. Yeah, it's because they got plasma guns. All of them. I got. I'm like. I got all those guys plus the Primaris captain just sitting. Hell on blasters. The they're hell blasting blasters. hell. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They're blasting hells. Yeah, I haven't haven't touched those. I've got. Oh, I have just way too many. I've just. I don't even want to. It makes me guilty and anxious thinking about all those unpainted plastic but if yeah. there were no more war 40k models available i'd have plenty here yeah no that's that's you're still on you're stocked up i'm i'm well stocked up yeah i'm well stocked up so as i said i've been uh, reading the fluff in my codices a little bit yes right just for fun and and you have and you've of course been absorbing and retaining all this knowledge I retain nothing I, 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 it's one of those things where you're like, you read it and you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. That's an interesting battle. That's an interesting bit of lore. And then for whatever reason, I'll watch one of the press conferences come on and then I'll forget everything I just read. And I have no idea what I just read. It just goes right through me. I, know, I don't like, understand like, it. Like my cognition has changed as a result of all of this sort of thing. And, and the funny thing is I have a home office. I work from home most of the time. This yeah. isn't like a huge change for me. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not. Yeah, like, well, it's, it's not like like I'm, like I'm missing being in the office with the boys. It's usually me and the cats here. But now you don't even like at the like you can't even walk around the area now. It's just... no, like the whole area shut down uh, in Santa Monica. The city has actually closed down the beach and closed down access to the beach. So before yeah. I used to run along the the beach or ride my bike, can't can't do that. You can't even cross the street to get to the, the bluff overlooking the beach. That's not closed. Literally fenced off. There were too many fools that were just, you know, not social distancing and hanging out and being too close together. And the, and the city decided that they didn't want to spend resources of having police constantly monitor dumb people who were just not, not social distancing. Yeah. I'll say that I, I'm, I go on night runs. I've been I've been going on night runs and I still go on night runs. Yeah. Those do help. Those do make you feel yeah. more sane. Yeah. Uh, oh, just I, getting out there. 
I'm working out, but I'm working out in in my home. So I, what I've been doing is um, I've been, my, my gym, Box and Burn, they've been having yeah. these great online workouts. They're like half an hour, nothing requiring, nothing other than your own body, body weight kind of stuff. So a lot of planks, a lot of, a lot of ab work, a lot of push-ups, a lot of things like that, a lot of squats. And so by the end of it, I'm sweating and, you know, I've burned up 300 calories. But it's not the same. Not the same as being outside or going to the gym. I, I miss it. And, no. and it's certainly, I can't do any boxing pad work. So that's out the window. So that's, that's kind of driving me nuts. No, you know. Yeah. You know. All right. Back to 40K. All right. So um, no. the two books that we missed uh, since <laughs> all this happened is Psychic Awakening Saga of the Beast, which is the Oryx and Space Wolves book that comes with rules and talks about their encounters. But since we play neither, probably not on our list of books to get. Yeah, I, we would have to get it for the lore. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And I don't know how interested I am in those furry furry lads or the green, never, the green boys. Yeah, never have been. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think we'll be getting that one. But the next one, Psychic Awakening, The Greater Good, uh, is about the Tao, Astro Militarum, and Gene Steeler Cult. And oh, yes, that one is definitely. Oh, yeah, that's Three cherries just showed up on the slot machine. That's right. right. Seven, seven, seven. Seven, seven, seven. I mean, that's, that's, that's good. I, what's the, so what's the, what's the deal? What's the lowdown? How are they encountering each other and under what terms? I don't know. I haven't read, I haven't read it. I don't (laughs) own it yet. I have no idea. (laughs) No idea. No, there's not. But because they have, because I was hoping you'd read a summary or something. No, I've read nothing. I don't know anything about it apart from they're in it. So you have to get it. Um, Because the town need to be buffed. As I'm concerned. Oh yes, of course. They always need to be both. <laughs> right. Uptown fork. Right. Other news is that Death Watch rules from White Dwarf heavily. The White Dwarf edition that was going to update Death Watch is supposed to be released on May second. But both uh, Warhammer or uh, Games Workshop and other sources have leaked or given us a teaser as to what we can expect there, and the yeah. community finds it underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's it's like, have they ever been overwhelming or anything? I mean, they. I, I always feel like they've just been like this fluffy, neat army um, that you can include for a little bit of flavor, but they weren't really anything essential to a, any sort of particular playstyle or particular meta list. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I've ever won using Death Watch. I I I've played Death Watch. You haven't played Death Watch, so I don't. Yeah, maybe that- winning. It's possible. Maybe that's, I mean, that sounds like a problem then. Maybe that's just, maybe that's a bridge too far. You never won with that. Yeah. I mean, it's possible maybe. I may have, but I don't recall them being a big winning army, but they are a fluffy and fun army because of what, you know, the lore of, of taking like the best of different chapters and putting them together in these kill teams that go after, you know, Xenos threats and stuff. Very cool. Love that. Yeah, they haven't been like super competitive. Like I haven't, I've never like put together a death watch list and go, aha. This is this is going to be overwhelming. This is going to be great. In in the world of Alpha Strikes, Death Watch is not an army that's going to do well. Oh, uh, it seems because it seems like they should be like they based on their fluff. They're the Alpha Strike army, right? They drop in with all the cool guys, with all the the best guns and the best aim, and they're going to destroy the Xenos with like this small squad of elite dudes who are just going to blast everything. Drop in there for their air gunships and. Drop on, pods and yes, whatever. on paper it should have, but what always happens is that, you know, you're required to put these kill teams together that include like a Terminator and a guy on a mo- on a bike. 
And you're like, okay, one guy's one guy's gonna move five inches, the other one's gonna move twelve inches. But they gotta stay within, you know, unit coherency. Stay, yeah. So it's like, oh come on, what's the point of that? Right? So these kill teams that have all these disparate type, you know, of space marines in there, all with abilities that are in conflict with each other. Individually that'd be great, but you can't like put together like a unit of bikers or something. It just you always gotta include yeah, them with like other units that just kind of take take it away. The rules give they it and take it away, and they take it away too much. I mean, they should like, you know how um, with attack squads, yeah, how you can split space rings. I mean, shouldn't there be some sort of modified version of that, attack squads? That would be great. Where that you're would able be great. to split yes, because then squads you could, like, into go, different like pieces and like have them all go out yes. individually. Because isn't that how they, they're supposed to be like sort of these operator types? Right. So why can't they all go off on like their own little tangents? Here's a ten man squad. We're gonna we're gonna combat yeah. squad you. Hey, you Terminators, you guys go over there. These guys are going to go over here. The guys with the power swords are going over this way, right? Uh, the guy with the jump packs and the, you know, motorcycles are going to... They're going to go ahead. Yeah. And they're going to actually use their speed. Everyone, stay together. <laughs> no one... Keep in tight formation. <laughs> right. Just, just the bike humming along. Yeah. Rum! Hurry up, guys. Yeah. Catch up. Don't go too far. Yeah. Wait for Terminator. Wait for me. Wait. So the new the new Death Watch rules from uh from White Dwarf are gonna give them finally the Angels of Death suite of abilities, which include shock assault, bolter discipline, and combat doctrines. Intercessor sergeants are not gonna get some new weapons. Uh hand yeah. flamers, power fists, thunder hammers. Oh wow. Really the only I think the only thing that distinguishes them from regular space marines at this point is they're gonna get um, new stratagems. That apparently will, you know, give them some sort of benefit, and they do have their special ammunition. So, I don't know. It just feels like it's um, a, a lost opportunity. But it, you know, we won't know for sure until May second. It just that, based on everything that's come out so far, everyone seems underwhelmed. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I they're beautiful looking. I love the look of that army. I I think it's great. I love that they all have these one silver arm, and they all have like their you know pauldrons that have the original you know chapters on there that's cool but were, were, were death watch sales good do we know that i probably not okay i think I, I think sales of space marines are probably uh more related to what's doing very well in the meta and, and death watch has never done well in the meta yeah it just I, I, yeah i i figured that it just seems like whenever games workshop has has a has an army that doesn't have a lot of stuff oh i mean that's not true I just it just that's not necessarily true. They've been they've been modifying. They released recent orc models, right? Yeah, yeah. So and I don't think orcs have ever been super meta friendly. Oh, but people have been playing them for a long time, and and they actually no, people, they've actually done pretty well. I think they did pretty well at LVO and a few other big tournaments. Um, least, oh, they did. Okay. Yeah, I didn't at know. least okay. one or two guys have gotten to the top eight with orcs. I, I remember hearing a podcast with one guy who brought you know a big orc army. And how he okay. was using it to get at least in the top eight tables at LVO. That that's good. You know, okay, you, well, never mind. You don't see Death yeah, Watch yeah, yeah, yeah. on the top eight or the top four tables at LVO. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess there's just only so many. I guess there's just so only so many types of space marines you can make for your hyper elite, uh, ultra secret, badass Navy SEALs space marine army i don't i don't know it just it seems like a tough it seems like a tough army to make models for and to make strategies for since they're so elite yeah 
yeah and they're so like squad focused Ugh. well at least they're not i guess there was a realization that people would have been pretty unhappy if they'd released a new codex for 29 or 30 dollars that didn't really give them a boost and so yeah. and so all the rules are coming out on white dwarf so you'll spend five dollars for that issue of you know white dwarf as opposed to 30 dollars for a new codex so that should tell you something like a movie being released in January. Which, by the way, all, the movies for the Academy Award consideration next year all will have been released in January. January. It's January, going to be crazy. It's going to look... I don't, like... Every movie released will be uh, a nominee. <laughs> Cause, just because there aren't any movies that are out there. Because there's nothing... Uh, they're going to have to put it off. I, have, I can't imagine. Like, they're going to have to just, like... Or they're gonna have to modify this year's like qualifications yeah. or something. So the, they're not; they can't let that go forward. To qualify the for man a, will not be best picture. Yeah, for, for which one? The Invisible Man will not be best picture. Right, right. Um, to qualify for Academy consideration for a nomination, you have to be released in Los Angeles and New York for at least seven days in the theater, right? Prior to yeah. any other kind of release, so you can't do yeah. a Netflix or an HBO release or anything like that. So. Right now, literally today, I read that AMC is probably going to be fi be filing bankruptcy. The theater. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, the entertainment industry. Wow. Oh, I mean, I I, I knew the entertainment. Just, I just didn't. I didn't hear about AMC getting. Yeah, I mean, theater owners are just. I mean, they're they're done. I mean, and even when we come back, like, do you really want to sit next to strangers in a crowded room full of people laughing, cheering, not, coughing, and sneezing? Not for a while. I, I yeah, wonder if this is just going to this is just going to rush along the process of the streaming services. Oh, completely. Overtaking. So yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll be big movies will be released on streaming services first. In fact, all the big uh, studios are are starting to do that. Invisible Man, you know, was available even like just a, a few weeks out. In the theaters, yeah. it's already available for $20 in the U.S. on a variety of different services. So they'll just charge a premium for a while, and then eventually that price comes down with time. But in the meantime, new releases will come out, and they'll be expensive. I mean, like the new Bond film has been now being pushed to fall. Right? It's supposed to come out, you know, I think in May, maybe summer. But now it's and that thing, that thing's that thing's three hours. That thing's like a, like a monster. Yeah. So... I don't know how they're going to. Hey, the Irishman was three hours. So it's, you know, we know we'll see. No, no, I know. I, I, I guess, I guess I mean, it just like, they probably, uh, uh, money into that thing. Cause when you, when do you see a major studio release, that isn't something like end game. It's like three hours. So if you're doing three hours of bond jumping, uh, doing motorcycle jumps and whatnot, and like using machine guns on his Aston Martin, then, uh, they probably spent a lot of money on that. I don't know what the budget looked like, but uh, you no. Know, with the new streaming services, the prices, a lot of movies are going to lose a ton of money. So what what does this mean? It means that um, budgets for movies for twenty twenty one that's going to be shot then are going to be slashed, because the reality is that with that when you take out the theater charges for movies, people are used to paying a lot less for having movies streamed at home or paying an all in one yeah. subscription price. So the revenue for the studios becomes dramatically decreased, dramatically. So um, you're not going to have these big $100 million openings, right? And eventually yeah. we'll figure out a pricing model that works and incentivizes everybody, but maybe for the short term, the next few years, it just means that 
the age of the blockbuster is gone, and now we have more more modestly priced films that rely less on CGI and more on storytelling. How's that? I I have been granted by my wish, but at what cost? (laughs) Right, at what cost? But the entertainment industry is going to be very different after all this, just like everything else, just like the gaming industry, just like, you know, the video game industry. Everybody's being severely hurt by this. But there'll be innovation, and then we'll get used to the new normal, and then that'll be the way we do things from now on. Well, speaking of entertainment, there's a new a new couple trailer. Well, there's a trailer for The Angels of Death that's supposed to yes. be released this year. Have you seen this? I did see that. Uh, the chaplain sounds very nerdy. Yeah, well, he sounds like the voice actors from Hell's like like they used to say. Hell's, yeah, he does sound like a, you know, the Hell's Reach. Yeah. Yeah. And no coincidence because this uh, this uh, trailer is for a production that is from Warhammer Storyforge, the in-house production company at uh, Game Workshop, in collaboration with Richard Boylan, the director who did both Hell's Reach and the Guardsman short film. Hell's Reach series was utterly fantastic, innovative, oh, yeah. you know, artwork style and all that stuff. But he he, he repurposed an audiobook, the Hell's Reach book audiobook, and he just you know set it to animation. And uh, some of his um, directing style, some of his production design, I think, is now evident in this Angels of Death trailer, which the only fault that I would have in I mean, I loved the trailer. I thought it was fantastic, and I can't wait to see the series. I think it's going to be fantastic. But the only thing I, I thought was it's relying too much on um, ship-to-ship combat. There's a lot of, uh, you know, big Imperium battlecruisers shooting at each other. Or shooting yeah, at yeah, chaos yeah. and shooting at, or it looked like it might have been Eldar ships, and I kind of don't want to see a series about, you know, Battlefleet Gothic. I want to see, I want to see Space Marines and chaplains going after, you know, people on battlefields. I'm I'm of two minds of that I, on that. I mean, on the one hand, sure, I I would love to see more, you know, Space Marines going at the Xenos and hacking them to bits and whatnot and seeing all that great um, chain sword action, practical combat yeah. and something like, uh, I don't know, Stardis talking about yeah. later. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if they, if you, I think if you properly pace out a naval battle, space battle like that, I, I think you can, I think you can do some fun stuff. I mean, that's an area that's not usually explored that's in 40 K. And you can have like, you know, you can do some fun wrath of con esque Yes. Uh, tense, uh, ship to ship fights. Uh, you're winning. But you, I think, I think, I think it's really an issue of pacing. Well, okay. All right. Uh, do you, I think you've won me over. Cause I think that would be super cool. And, and Boylan did a great job on hell's reach. when he did a lot of Titan combat, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah he, he did a lot of great. He did a great job. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like he ratcheted up the tension because normally you you see those from the point of view of a space marine on the battlefield. These giant titans, you know, with their war cries and you know just laying waste everything else or fighting other titans. But we got inside and we got to see how the princeps works with uh, you know the crew and you know what goes on, what happens to a titan when it's severely injured or in the midst of a battle. Uh, so so seeing, I guess, uh, an imperial fleet fight xeno ships would be cool you've convinced me now 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 i'm more more excited i i think it'll be interesting but you know we'll, we'll see we'll have to see yeah. when it comes out so let's let's talk about astartes uh part five has now been released on on youtube awesome awesome continuation of uh just a probably the best animated 
the slickest animated uh, Warhammer I've seen out there. It just, it's awesome. It it's looks like, so good. It's video game quality, you know, like like high, like you know, Blizzard level quality type of animation. It yeah, I mean, it just it just consistently surprising. It's it's quality uh, for being something homemade. How just like every every frame just is just so buttery smooth it just looks wonderful and i the, mean the, the design of the space marines is awesome uh the cutting yeah. the editing the direction is perfect we don't want i don't want to spoil it but there's a scene when something goes wrong i think you know what i'm talking about in this yeah, yeah. the reaction yes. of two yes. space marines <laughs> to something that's gone going awry and how they yeah, handle yeah. it just perfect perfect awesome great it gives you such a, it gives you such a great great sense of the of the weight yes of, of the marines yes uh how they sort of thud along even when they're like running um gives you a sense of their power uh just with the sound effects and the, the way he uh the camera i guess yeah uh, yeah and and his rhythm and the rhythm of the editing it just yeah, great but, wonderful to watch uh, wonderful to watch uh so you get a sense of all of of, of you know the gravity and the the awesome formidable abilities of a space marine but also you know the threat they face and the fact that you know there are things that can take them out that can take them out without that much difficulty at times to show you know what they're up against so it's looking fantastic and uh, it ends in a very like i can't wait to see what happens next kind of a place for me so um i yeah. really am looking forward to it you went and watched all of the astarte episodes from from the beginning as when this one came out right Yes, because I hadn't seen them in a while, so I just wanted a refresher as to what the yeah the narratives or it's a very simple narrative, but you know, just wanted a refresher of what specifically had happened before yeah. fifth episode. Uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it looks great. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I watched a trailer for Hammer and Vulture. I think it was the name of it. It's a yeah, I saw that anime style series about looks like an Inquisition group and death, you know, like a death cult assassin. And other people. It was always like um, Assassinorum. It was like Officio Assassinorum, right? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I think that's where the, it's at. Officio what do you call it? Calidus? Yes, Calidus Assassin. Yeah. yeah. But I also some catechins in there. You say it looked like catechins. I guess it's a, just a motley crew of various uh, imperial, I don't know, imperial humans, I guess. Yeah, out probably destroying Xenos threats or her her heretic threats. But that looked cool. Yeah. A, a totally different type of animation, more anime style than, you know, than the, what Angels of Death is or Astartes is. Um, yeah. 2D, you know, but very cool. Hey, it's really, it's really great that finally the intellectual property of the Warhammer universe is being exploited, exploited, being utilized in this way. <laughs> I, I just want my I just want my IP exploited, man. I just want it. Good IP should be plundered. <laughs> yeah, for the benefit of us all. And that kind of leads me to the next the next thing. Henry Cavill is into Warhammer. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, there are a lot of memes about that on the uh, Warhammer subreddits. Uh, yeah, immediately people uh, started uh, casting him as the God Emperor of Mankind. And, and did the artwork to do that in an HBO series about the Horus Heresy. Just something he, like has, he, has, he does have the chiseled features to be at least, at least a Primarch. I think he could pull off a Primarch pretty well. For sure. No, mm -hmm. I, he could be the, I see him as the Emperor. He, I, totally as you the could Emperor. Use, I don't know. I feel like he's a little too slick. 
Uh, well, as a Primark, he, I think he'd I mean, be kind of a Lionel Johnson. That's where I'd see him. Or maybe a Gillen. Yeah. I, if you gave him I, like I a feel, crew cut. I feel like something like that. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. It just, it, I've seen him, I, 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 guess, I guess the two roles I'm thinking of uh, were Superman and uh, the man from Up. And, um, and, and The Witcher. Have you seen The Witcher? Which, oh yeah, he was in the, yes, he was in the, I've seen, I've seen trailers in The Witcher. I guess I don't I don't know. I, I I I see him doing the I think he can do like like comedic beats pretty well. I, I don't know if I see him as this like imperious, very like I I don't see him as having a big otherworldly presence. Um, uh, you should that see I think the someone Witcher. like the Emperor would need to project. No, I think the Witcher's good because he's very is the Witcher is very serious. He's like a very serious character. He's like But he has like comedic he has like comedic exchanges with his like bard friend. Yeah, but the Even though he, he plays straight man, but you know, he's yeah. still it's still there's still like an element of like oh, oh the wacky the wacky antics of my buddy here. Right. Uh. So he's not gonna be Angron. You know, or more Terry. No, that would be funny. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Right. It could be a Ferris Manus. He'd be a great Ferris Manus. He'd be cool. Yeah. 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 I, I could see. I could see him doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but right now the internet's obsessed with him being the God Emperor. Oh. God Emperor. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was very uh, cool. He, yeah. If we don't know what you're talking about, he he posted on his Instagram that during his time he's been he's been busy with his hobby. Uh, and he's painting a custodes helmet. It's like a, just a, a shot of him painting a custodes helmet. Um, and then he talked about how his, he's been into Warhammer for a while. And I didn't know that he was such a big nerd until this happened. And then you, you apparently knew. I, I had no idea that he was. Yeah, a, a yes. Big nerd. Well, because during an interview for the uh, during an interview for The Witcher, he was asked uh, PlayStation or Xbox, uh, and he scoffed. He scoffed, and he went PC. <laughs> PC master and race just, all the way. It, yeah, that immediately turned into a meme. For <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, great. good to know that we are not alone in our weird niche interest. Right, because I think not since Robin Williams has anyone really have any kind of stature really claimed the Warhammer mantle. Right. That I am. Yeah. I am a nerd like you guys. The right. closest thing I could think of is like. Uh, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel and, and his yeah and his love of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Joe Manganiello right now is into D and D. He has a company called Death Saves. He plays with a lot of people I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah so there's there are out there celebrities who are nerds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other cool things I found. I found an interesting Kickstarter called Forgotten Chapters, yeah. Purity Seals, and Parchment Transfers. Now this is a Kickstarter campaign I can get behind. <laughs> The whole the whole campaign is that uh, this guy is creating a uh, transfer sheet that is nothing but purity seals and parchment uh, parchment glyphs. Because the one thing I, I you know when I'm finished like my sisters of battle army, mm -hmm. oh there's parchment and purity seals everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you got to draw with the tiniest little thing. I use like a Micron .005 art pen to draw yeah. the things because I don't even think you can try it with my brushes, but they're very rudimentary. They're like little black squiggles. This transfer sheet is awesome. It has symbols, iconography, you know, glyphs that look like Imperium writing. It's amazing. It's awesome. All that stuff. You can put that on vehicles. You can put that on books. You can put that on, you know, purity seals. This is awesome. This is great. I'm much happier just 
transferring a decal than trying to spend time creating this thing. If you're really good at freehand, great. You're not going to care about this. But <laughs> most hobbyists that uh, I know are yeah. not. And uh, I think this would be a godsend. So I love it. Uh, you guys should go on Kickstarter yeah. and look for the Forgotten Chapters, Purity Seals, and Parchments uh, campaign because it's fantastic. They've raised oh, uh, really over $33,000. The Kickstarter campaign already closed. It closed way over its uh, its initial you know goal um, because people you know snapped it up. It's awesome. It's awesome. People love their detail work. They do love their detail work, and especially when someone does it for them. The new Dune movies. Dune. Oh yeah. So let's talk about the new stills that just came out recently. What do you think? Yes, for the Denis Villeneuve. I'm probably butchering that. Uh, Dune movie. Denis Villeneuve. 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 I don't know. It looks um the way I I'm thinking about it is that based on all the new stills, it looks like the the Chris Nolan version of Dune, right? Very grounded kind yes. of Dune. Like a, not the theatricality and opera quality of the David Lynch Dune. Yeah. And also, but not the I think it was a sci-fi version of Dune that came out. Um a TV version. Oh yeah, that was like a TV. Yeah, wasn't that like a TV miniseries or something? Yeah, but it 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 felt like a TV miniseries that was underfunded and just not great. Yeah. You can't it's you can't really do. I don't think you can really do doing justice with a TV uh, uh, budget at least at the time. Like that was like what in the nineties, yeah, early two thousands, maybe yeah. something like that. Yeah, I, I don't even consider that to be you know real or something with worth <laughs> considering. It's like any of the alien movies after Aliens. After the second alien, they don't count. Yeah, yeah, that one doesn't count. Um, but this one looks looked great. I mean, it's Denise Villeneuve, and it's a great Villeneuve. Yeah, great yeah. cast. Oscar Isaac looks fantastic in his. Um, yeah. Looks like he's wearing. Um, I was gonna say I was, I was almost gonna say the Stark armor, the Stark family armor, uh, armor, but it's the Atreides armor. That's it. Atreides yeah. armor. I forget who he plays. I wonder if he plays Duncan Rhodes, not Duncan Rhodes. No, he no 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 no. Duncan he Rhodes, plays. I think yeah. he plays like the Duke. Oh, he plays Duke Atreides. I think he plays Duke Atreides. Oh, that's awesome. Stellan Skarsgård is playing uh, Baron Harkonnen, <laughs> and he said uh, in an interview wow. I saw, uh, Stellan says that he wants to play him very evil. Like everything he's seen so far of Baron Harkonnen, he's been played as a caricature. And he yeah. really wants to portray him as this really evil, dangerous person, you know. Well, I mean, he's he's good. Like, he's a good villain actor. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he's I've, great. Yeah, um, I've always liked him. Most recently in Chernobyl. Yes, he was really good in Chernobyl. Yeah. He was in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the Fincher Right adaptation. He's also in a uh, bad Exorcist movie. He played a priest in in a more recent Exorcist sequel. I think I think Schrader may have done that one. Paul Schrader. Oh really? <laughs> yes, Unusual. I think he might have directed that one. Um, I I cannot. I, 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 I actually I actually worked on that deal. Just so you know. You oh you did for Stellan? Yeah, for Stellan. Oh, uh, for Stellan. Okay, yeah, and not for Schrader. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Domin- was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dominion Dom- prequel yes. to the Exorcist. There's a there's a creepy scene in it uh, when uh, the priest has to go into a a very cramped cave, kind of a tunnel. Yeah, and 
and there's something evil in this tunnel. And it's like, it's a scene out of aliens. It's just cramped and scary and good. So there was like a few moments when it's actually really good, but you know. Okay. That's good. Overall, I don't recommend the movie, but it does have (laughs) its sequences that are pretty good. Well, uh, so back to we Dune. like Stellan. So, so anyway, Dune, Dune looks fantastic. Um, I guess it's going to come out next year, but um, the stills we've well, seen look look really uh, give me a. They look really good. My, I guess the only concern is that it's it's tough if they're going to go for a more grounded tone. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough to reconcile that with the sort of weirdness, the inherent weirdness of Dune. Well, I think that's good uh, contrast. I think that you um you get grounded tone, and then suddenly you get the Benny Gesserit, you know weirding wave of fighting or something or you know the the yeah the weirdness of the of the dune universe will be good contrast to the more plain looking environments right i mean i I guess i guess uh what i mean is the um the characters themselves i mean just just act very strangely and like getting into the headspace uh of any of these people it's just they're the descriptions of like what's going on in their minds whenever they're uh, going through like their spice, I don't know if you call it highs or whatever. Right. Um, it, it it'd be tough to communicate that with a very grounded tone. I I I I'll just be curious to see how he pulls off the strangeness and the in, kind of inherent operatic nature of Dune. The worms. It'll, it'll be interesting to see the worms. Let's see what the worms the look worm. like. Uh, yeah, and I gotta, I gotta see the worms. Yeah, it's all gonna live or or fail on the worms. You know, he's doing a a gender swap on one of the main characters, Liette Kynes, the one that was played by Max von Sydow in the Lynch version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. That's the um the actress oh. from uh, Rogue One. Um, no, uh, no, no, but no, but I mean, uh, that's the um that the character. That's what, what what did they call those? Those they're they're like specifically invent like created or like. It was a not the Gola. No, no, not the Gola. You're thinking about the Golas? No, I'm thinking of like those. He was Liet human computers. The, no, 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 no. It's not that character. It's not that character. Okay. No. It, it, the men. You're thinking about Mentats. Mentats. Yes, that's Mentat. Mentat. Right. Right. It, that, see, great. the concept of the Mentat stuck with me because I went to law school, and uh, <laughs> okay, so. Like mentats are trained to think differently. They be, they're literally human yeah. computers because, you know, in, in this universe, technology, a lot of it is outlawed because it led to all kinds of problems, you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, and human computers led to some sort of nuclear disaster. So, i uh, sorry, a regular computer. So now they're human computers because computers are still required. Going to law school, cha- like literally wires your brain differently. You come out of, of law school thinking differently from normal humans. I'm not saying better. You just... Think yeah. you think like a lawyer. That's the whole purpose of law school is to. Are, are you are you comparing being a mentat no. to being a lawyer? I'm comparing. I'm comparing that you go through a process that that fundamentally changes the way you think. Your neurons you, are that, now. So you are comparing being a, a mentat to being a lawyer. Yes, that is I am you just described <laughs> comparing being a mentat. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We are we are human computers. Is what we are. But okay, so back to back to this character. So Liet Kynes is that he's the uh, ecologist on Ericus, the one that has been there for oh, years. Oh, yes, I remember this one. I remember this. One. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's the one that that uh, notices when Paul Atreides puts on his steel suit properly. Yeah, 
Yeah. And he's like really familiar with uh, the Fremen's, you know, way of life and all that stuff. He's kind of like this guide and mentor for Paul Atreides when he gets to Arrakis. So it, that's now going to be played by uh, an actress. Oh, here it is. Sharon Duncan Brewster um, from Rogue One. I don't remember who she was in Rogue One. But um, anyway, she's wearing uh, a, uh, a Fremen type outfit um, that looks very deserty. So, yes. Yeah. It, all of it, all the choices look great. Um, um, I can't wait for this. I, I am interested. I'm hopeful. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough book to adapt, but uh, he's, he's done well with sci fi concepts so far. So, yeah. Um, I'm doing a lot of painting and then playing a lot of video games in quarantine. Yes. You're playing a lot of Call of Duty, right? A lot of Call of Duty. Yep. Uh, I love playing Call of Duty. I love playing uh, the shipment. Um, scenario where it's super close quarters combat everyone is just literally 10 feet away from each other so shotguns are really fun um but what i've been doing is i've been equipping myself with a like a riot shield and a knife and just running around and knifing everybody that's so much fun so much fun i'm sure i i I could hear the groans (laughs) of anyone playing call of duty yeah, uh, sort of like, oh, dear God, this right. strategy. Yeah, I'm that annoying guy with a knife that suddenly appears and, you know, knives you. Uh, also just downloaded Bannerlord. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to give that a shot and see how that goes. I want to, uh, right now I just created my character, but I'm going to, you know, cr- first recruit a gang and then later ho- hopefully an army and take over a continent. That's my plan. San- sandbox RPG, right? Sandbox RPG, right, where... where there's an economy, you know, you have to, there's also like, uh, fighting skills, but you can, you know, become a successful trade person if that's what you want. But why would you do that? You can just <laughs> knife people or command large armies. I'd rather do that. It's it, maybe you want to go for the, like the civilization style economic victory. In which case I would have downloaded civilization. <laughs> Playing Bannerlord. I would have, in that case, I would have, gone for the nerd game <laughs> but i'm right. not here for that that's right that's right that's what the betas play us chads play banner lord <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, one funny thing i found on banner lord is that uh you get to create yeah. your own sigil your own sort of you know on your for your army and people yeah, are yeah, yeah. finding ways to upload their own artwork so there's like an iron hands army out there Oh, that's... oh, yeah. There's a lot of 40k stuff that has been made into the game, as well as there was a Rick and Morty army. You know, oh, of course. There's the you know there's a Death Star symbol, the the you know the New Order symbol. You know, so it's really funny. Well, that's, that's cool. all I got. That's all I got today. Uh, yeah, same here. We have exhausted our conversational topics for now for this episode. For now, but it looks like we're gonna have a lot of time on our hands, so we'll probably be doing more uh, more episodes sooner rather than later. Who knows what we'll talk yeah, about then? No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. That's right. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening to the Eye of Terror podcast. As always, you can uh, uh, you should subscribe to us wherever you can get your podcast. We are everywhere, whether it's uh, Apple iTunes or Stitcher or Google Music or Spotify now. Uh, you can send us an email at the eye of terror podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know what you're doing. 
during these interesting times. Uh, so we hope to hear from you. But until next time, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you guys soon.